Yeah. I mean, there's some pretty clear reasons and some of them, your listeners may say, well, that's a bunch of baloney. Insurance companies are just trying to make a bunch of money and others probably make a fair amount of sense. And my role, I'm not here to defend insurance companies at all. You know, my role is to articulate why things are the way they are. You know, we're having big catastrophic losses more than we have in the past. I could not thank you enough for tuning in every week with me on the dwelling show we've been doing this for more than two years now actually um, this is um, when the 200s now above the episode of the show i just want to take this time out to really thank you so much but also to remind you that if you're not on the dwelling deal list make sure you sign up so you don't miss out on deals actually we we have a deal on the contract right now so for these kinds of deals to learn more about what, what we're doing to learn about how we structure deals feel free to go on the website dwelling.com or investwithola.com and you would see um, a pop-up box or just drop um, your email in the contact us um, form and we'll reach out to you so you'll get plugged in with what we're doing again i really appreciate you for tuning in every week sometimes i feel like nobody is listening on the other side until i get emails or dms from you on instagram or facebook and saying thank you for you know spitting our content every week um it's a ton of work but i'm so glad to do it and it's my honor to deliver value every week um to you um, our listeners thank you so much Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got a, a really, really fantastic guest with us today, Jeremy Goodrich. Hey, Jeremy. How are you doing, sir? Hey, hey, Ola. I'm doing wonderful. I'm so excited to be on the show and to share just a little bit of insight about risk and about navigating big decisions in your real estate journey. Awesome. Let's, let's start with the journey. How did you get started in the real estate investment journey? Um, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got started and kind of what you've been up to lately, actually. Yeah, absolutely. So I spent 13 years as an elementary school teacher. I still sort of identify as a teacher, as an educator, as someone helps thing, who helps things come alive for other people. And so uh, during that time, I met my wife and business partner, who is a third generation insurance agency owner. And she was working at her dad's agency at the time. He had sold to a large conglomerate, which uh, little known fact, most independent insurance agencies are now owned by some large conglomerate. Very, very few are like ours, truly independent. Um, but they had sold and she just really wanted to go down a different path. And so the, the two of us decided what would happen if we try to change the way people feel about insurance, about actually, you know, actually educating folks about how it works, why it works the way it does. I can't always give people a magic wand on how to get the quality coverage that they need for the price they want it to be at, but at least I can help them understand what role this is playing in their investing journey and how to get the best options for the insurance piece. And so I jumped into uh, insurance with really very little knowledge about the, the topic. And real estate was the first thing I focused on. I focused on it from the very beginning. It's been nine years now that we've been doing this. And I started with first-time home buyers, helping them buy homes, teaching them how to buy homes. I started doing that on YouTube. And now we have about uh, 16,000 subscribers on our channel and then grew into teaching people how to buy a residential single family duplex houses for the purpose of rentals 
or doing a burr method or, you know, house hacking or whatever. And then I've really grown now into the commercial real estate space where I both ensure and talk about on my podcast and on other people's podcasts, what it means to protect uh, commercial real estate that is multifamily, retail, office, self-storage. Thank you so much for that, Jeremy. It's a really good insightful introduction to our conversation here. So obviously we buy uh, multifamily assets here at Dwelling. Um, so we, we, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I want to kind of go back on something you said. So you've been helping people kind of understand, um, you know, insurance while they're buying um, maybe a single family duplex, you know, something like that. Uh, for mm-hmm. those listening, yeah, usually folks that are trying to get started um, in their journey. So um, insurance is a big part of that, um, P-I-T-I, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, w- one of the major expenses, you know, for, you know, a large deal, a $10 million deal for an apartment building is insurance, especially yeah, in yeah. Houston, flood insurance. So insurance is, even mm-hmm. though most people try to avoid it or they think, oh, this is not a very, you know, interesting topic. It can be, um, you know, I learned a lot about insurance myself. So walk mm-hmm. us through how people can kind of protect their, their assets and kind of that process of um, making sure that you, you get the right product for the right asset. Yeah, I mean, insurance plays a huge role. I just uh, was working with someone in the um, Harris County in the Houston area, right on the coast, uh, purchasing a 110 unit uh, senior housing uh, complex about 10 miles from the coast. And we got that done, but the insurance piece could have killed that deal because the insurance market in places like Uh, Texas right now, especially South Texas and especially Harris County, is really, really tough. I'm seeing numbers that used to be $800, $900 a door becoming $1,300, $1,400 a door, or even more if you were hit by by URI, the storm uh, last year or whatever in that area. You know, so uh, I sometimes kill deals. When I say, look, Uh, This property, uh, the same investor I was talking about that one on, uh, asked me early on, and that's one of the lessons your listeners should should hear is, is, uh, especially if you feel like there's something high risk about a property, you really need to ask an insurance advisor who knows what they're doing early on, hey, can you give me at least a ballpark number so that I put the right numbers into my pro forma? So there was another property, very similar, also in Harris County, uh, but had a $12 million claim on it from Yuri. Um, that property had more than a hundred doors. I think it was a couple hundred doors. And so that investor came to me as she always does and says, Hey, what do you think on this one? And I said, honestly, you know, if we could get $1,500 a door, we'd be in good shape on this thing. It's probably going to be more like two grand and it didn't pencil. So, you know, she was able to have that number on the front end. Now, if she had, used a a guru's number of 500 bucks a door, had underwritten that thing, had submitted an LOI, had got into due diligence before trying to get that number from someone who actually knew what they were talking about. She could have been much deeper in, had a lot more hard money in the deal and, you know, would have been in a much different spot. So I think you're right that the insurance really matters a lot. And, um, understanding it early on in your underwriting, whether it's a single family home in Cleveland, Ohio, or 200 units in Harris County, it's the same basic premise underneath it. 
So what is driving, of course, we're recording this April 2022, everything is rising, gas prices, like inflation, you know, it's obviously a war going on in Ukraine, fortunately, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What is actually driving kind of the cost of insurance up? You kind of mentioned Europe, but just kind of give us some kind of some more um, thoughts on why you think the prices continue to go up. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty clear reasons, and some of them your listeners may say, well, that's a bunch of baloney. Insurance companies are just trying to make a bunch of money, and others probably make a fair amount of sense. And my role, I'm not here to defend insurance companies at all. You know, my role is to articulate why things are the way they are. You know, we're having big catastrophic losses more than we have in the past. Certainly, places like Texas are feeling that. Places like Florida are a little more used to that as weird as that sounds. So any insurance company that was going to be scared by these big catastrophic losses has already left. What happens is insurance is just like any other product. People decide whether to sell it in certain places or not. So in Florida, the insurance companies that are kind of scared of of big catastrophic losses, they already left. They left in 2007 and 2008 when big hurricanes came through and they really haven't gone come back yet. But a lot of those companies stayed around in Texas. And then these big claims have happened uh, in the last few years. And so now they're all running. So it's supply and demand. What's happening in Texas? We're seeing big increases there from catastrophic losses. So that's one thing. Another is just property replacement costs. We all understand because of you know, COVID and lots of other things that the, the, the cost to replace a building has increased. And so because that's the case, insurance premium naturally increases as well to balance that as well. Um, there's limited labor and things of that nature. You know, those are other things that can affect the, the cost. As far as actual rate, which is the, you know, you an insurance company charges you $1,000 for a single family home per year for insurance, and they charge 200 other people the same amount. If they have claims that are more than that, they lost money. If they have claims that are less than that, they made money. Well, especially in habitational, insurance companies as a whole across the United States have lost money for 13 quarters in a row. I think it's 14 quarters in a row now. Uh, They lose money on underwriting or on the rate they charge every single quarter for years now. And so that's another reason why we see prices rising. So those are some of the reasons. you know, the, the last one I would say is, is roof claims are a real big thing. I think that a lot of people let their roof get old and then try and make a file a claim on it. And that can be millions of dollars as well. So those are, I don't know if I went in too long with that, but those are the factors that are really affecting insurance price right now. Yeah, no, thanks for that. I really, really appreciate that. So, you know, somebody thinking of getting started, maybe they want to buy a single family home or maybe a, a small duplex. What is that number one kind of mistake um, that you can help prevent a, a newbie investor who's trying to, he or she trying to buy a property that then needs kind of look out for? I, the biggest mistake I see all the time, and I, I say about 80% of real estate investors have insurance policies that won't cover them the way they think they will when a claim happens. And the biggest reason for that is, is twofold. One, we just go for the cheapest price, right? If you're looking at uh, suntan lotion on a shelf in a uh, store and there's a bunch of different prices, but then on the bottom, there's the discount suntan lotion. And instead of $7 a bottle, like many of the other ones, it's a dollar a bottle. 
Do you kind of question whether it's actually going to protect you when you're out there on the beach? Yeah, you kind of do, right? And insurance is pretty similar. Like if you go after the cheapest price, there's probably a reason why it's that cheap. So I would say the biggest mistake I see people make as real estate investors is seeing insurance as a commodity and just buying the cheapest thing because that you don't understand it and it's hard to figure out. So you just make three people give you a quote and you pick the cheapest one. And I think the investors I see who succeed in the insurance side and in business in general understand a basic concept. And that is that your service team across the board is the most important part of your journey. Maybe not the most important, is an incredibly important part of your journey. And without your service team and the community that that builds around you, you're not going to have success in real estate. And I think your insurance advisor is a member of that service team. They are on the journey with you. They should be invested in what you're doing in the same way your property manager is and your lawyer and your accountant and uh, your, your, your brokers and everybody else. So I'm sure you've seen some very interesting claims in, in, in your, on your journey. Uh, um, you know, so maybe tell us one that is just like, you know, outlandish. Um, well, yeah, I, I have, I've seen a lot of claims, you know, and some are sadder stories than others. Right. Um, but I think one that maybe gets the point across about how important it is to have a good service team member is one that was, I'm talking about Texas a lot. I guess it makes sense. Uh, it was in South Texas. Uh, I can't remember, or I think it was in El Paso. And uh, this was not a client of mine, but a story that someone told me after it happened. And they were a single family investor, had lots of single family homes, used the Burr method, like to buy, renovate, uh, refinance, and then, you know, move through the rental process and had a big schedule and bought a new property, called their real estate or their insurance advisor and said, hey, add so-and-so property to my schedule. Insurance advisor said, great, hung up the phone, property was added to the schedule. A couple of weeks later, they're at this vacant property that they are, they are doing a renovation on and someone is drilling a hole in the wall to do some work with, I don't know, some wiring or something. It's about lunchtime and they uh, walk away and they go to lunch. Well, while they were drilling, they created a smolder in the wall because of the friction of the bit of that drill. I've actually had multiple claims that have to do with the friction of bits on drills and wood siding and wood paneling. Um, but they went to lunch. A smolder turned into a fire, fire burned the entire property down, no one injured, but they come back from lunch and there's a, you know, fire trucks and a pile of a smoldering ash. He calls his insurance agent and to make a long story short, that insurance policy did not cover that claim. No coverage for that situation. Zero. Why? Because the property was vacant and all of his other properties had annual tenants in them. And when he called and said, just add the property, the insurance agent added the property as an annual tenant occupied property. And occupancy has a ton to do with how insurance works. And so that claim denied because the occupancy was wrong. And that's, that stinks. And in this case, fortunately, the investor had you know, plenty of capital. It wasn't the end of their journey, but that would be a lot, the end of a lot of real estate investors' journeys. And so the, 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 the value that you learn from that story, I think, is that you just have to make sure that you communicate enough information to set policies up the right way. And occupancy matters.
That wasn't the wildest claim. I don't know. Sorry. It was just the, the claim that made the most sense to tell. The no, story that's about. no, that's fine. <laughs> um, I kind of want to pivot a little bit um, before we go into the quick round. So what is a public adjuster? And do mm. we need to hire one or, or no? That's a great question. I'm really glad you brought it up. So public adjusters. So an adjuster is a person who did, looks at an insurance claim and decides what should be paid out in that insurance claim. So it goes to the situation, figure out, figures out what it's going to cost to fix whatever bad things happen. There are a few different types of adjusters. One is the, the company adjuster. This is the primary person at the insurance company who looks at these documents, makes decisions, and most importantly, cuts checks. This is the person from the insurance company who's going to cut the checks. There's an independent adjuster who is someone that the insurance company hires to go out. So if it was in um, you know, Harris County or whatever, and the insurance company, their headquarters is in Connecticut, you know, obviously the company adjuster isn't going to drive out to uh, Texas and, and adjust the claim. So they hire an independent adjuster who is going to adjust the claim, send it to the company adjuster. The company adjuster will look at it and cut checks. That all leads up to the question of what is a public adjuster? A public adjuster, it does not work for the insurance company at all. This person is someone who you as an insured hire and you say, I don't trust the insurance company. I don't trust their adjusters. I want you to play a role in my journey. A public adjuster is very much like a personal injury attorney, right? Like if you get in a car accident and you go and, and you're experiencing injuries and things of that nature and the insurance company is going to pay to deal with your injuries, you could certainly hire a, a personal injury attorney to become the go-between between you and the insurance company. Or a, a public adjuster is the exact same thing for property claims. Should you hire one? There are some times to hire a public adjuster, but if there's any message that your listeners hear in this conversation, it is be careful with public adjusters. These folks are going to come in and they may not be able to get you more money from the insurance company than the insurance company would have given you anyway, but they're going to charge you 20 to 30% of that payout no matter what. So their motivation is to control the situation. Instead of money flowing directly to you in a claim situation, it's gonna go there through their bank account first and then come to you. I've seen public adjusters slow the process down. There are a lot of, just like all kinds of people, there's a lot of slimy public adjusters. And so my advice is if you, if you get in a situation where you truly feel the insurance company is not doing you a service that you think they should be, maybe it's time to hire a public adjuster but don't hire one at the very beginning of the process and hand over that 20% of what you might've gotten anyway. Did that make sense? Absolutely, Jeremy. Well, I could keep talking to you on a number. We definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You okay. Ready, All right. I'm ready. First question. What makes you Jeremy um, or your business unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? I think it's absolutely that foundation in education and coming from the perspective that I'm not here to sell people anything. I'm here to educate and provide a value. And if you're into that, great. And if you're not into that, no problem at all. Second question. What was the last book that you read? And what was the one thing you picked up from that book? 
So the last book I read is a super boring insurance book. So I'm not going to go to that. But um, the, the last book I read that I would really love to share is a book by Jay Bear. And it's called Hug Your Haters. Jay Bear is a friend of mine. He's a pretty well-known social media marketer. And uh, Hug Your Haters is a book about how to listen to people who say things about you that maybe you don't love. Listen to that negative feedback. It's really the best thing for your business, for your journey. If you're getting negative feedback, it means you're doing something right. And it probably means you're doing something wrong. So figure out what those things are from that negative feedback. Hug your haters. He has a lot of books and I love his books. Interesting. Interesting. Final question. You're busy running your business. Um, what do you do for fun? Uh, I'm trying to not be terrible at golf. Golf is something that somehow I get to go out and be in nature. And I actually go play by myself a lot um, and just not talk to people. So I do that for fun. The other thing I do for fun is build things. Um, my wife will tell you, we magically have like a, a yard barn and then a deck on the back. And then like, I don't mess around with my building projects. They're for real. Um, and they're how I kind of work out and, and do my own thing. So those are the things I like to do for fun. Appreciate it, Jeremy. If there's anybody listening and thinking, hey, I want to get connected with you, know, Jeremy, maybe I'm looking to get a, you know, insurance on my next property. How can people reach out to you um, or get connected with you? thing people can do is we have a ballpark on our website. It's shineinsurance.com slash ballpark. And it's a very easy way to get simple numbers, early numbers for your underwriting process when you're underwriting deals. Shineinsurance.com slash ballpark, nine yes or no questions. And we'll email you a ballpark number that we feel per door the insurance will be. Jeremy, yeah, an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, it was an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much uh, for having me.